Welcome to the Battery Sports Podcast with John and Peyton. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is our fourth episode at it, so if you're still with us, we appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for coming along this far with us, and we're going to have uh, many more good episodes to come, <laughs> uh, hopefully. Uh, we've got some new reviews from uh, you fans out there. Yeah. Do you, you want to talk about that? So yeah, Apple uh, on Apple, you can rate and review us. We have three five-star ratings, and we have two reviews, both five stars. Last week, we read Ty Boswell's Legends in the Making, and today we have Real News 77777. I think I know who this is. <laughs> I have a very strong feeling on who Tucker Carlson? Yeah, yeah, it might be Tucker. Who knows? Quality sportscasters, five stars, great podcasts, spreading the gospel <laughs> of classic American sports culture, both past and present. <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> review. Very creative. Uh, I think this is Jack Sanders, uh, Nick's a quarterback legend and uh, first base first baseman legend as well. Yep. So thank you, Jack. That, that's awesome. Jack Sanders, who saved my puppy from running to Chestnut Expressway <laughs> yes. like five years ago. It, he's a hero. Yeah. So <laughs> we're doing something a little different today. The quality is probably not as great. We're recording into an iPhone which is fantastic. Thank you, Steve Jobs. Yes, thank you, Steve Jobs, for (laughs) making this possible. And we've got a special guest today. Peyton, do you want to introduce our special guest? Uh, Yeah, we've got the legendary uh, Brett Hammett here, Nixa legend, uh, baseball legend, uh, great guy, even better friend, and he's going to come on and talk some sports with us today. So, Brett, uh, you want to introduce yourself a little more? Well, other than you pretty much gave everything that about that I have to offer. So yeah, there's nothing else I, to it other than that. I played baseball at uh, Nixa for a while and then went on to college and played at University of Nebraska, then to junior college, and then on to Abilene Christian. So four years of college baseball and working in that sector and things. So now, now I'm on to doing analytics and also baseball analytics. So. And he's also a pro golfer on the side there we on go. the weekends. Yeah, right. Get, Getting into the golf game now a little bit. It's been, Are you in the tournament this weekend? <laughs> yeah. He just came off a uh, tie for second at just the Charles missed, Schwab. He, just, he flew in after guy. his practice yeah. round, and he's got to fly back out after the – He's been playing season. with Michael Block a lot <laughs> in the weekends, but I'm glad he could join us here today. Well, Michael Block did not age well, did he? <laughs> Uh, I think the crowd's turning on him now on Twitter and stuff. They're like, enough of this guy. It was great until he said that if he had Rory's long game, I'd be the 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 best best. player in the world if I hit it like Rory. world class short game. I don't know about that, Mike. You shoot a 26 over in the first two rounds. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, on from Michael Block. What what do we want to talk about first here? So, I mean, we kind of talked about last week or two weeks ago, whenever our last episode was. It's kind of a little bit of a dead period. Um, NBA playoffs have been going on. We both rode off the Boston Celtics, and then they made a a big comeback. Yeah, that just seems to be what happens on this podcast. We say things with certainty. (laughs) We have the power. Automatically, we'll reverse course no matter what we say we said it's a for sure sweep it ends tonight after the game what was it game four then immediately yeah game three game four was coming up and we said it's done and then of course the celtics go on this run and uh kind of came to an end there in game seven with the heat finally taking care of business and avoiding probably the 
worst choke in NBA history. It would have been pretty, the, been. Only, the yeah. only time ever in NBA history that a team would blow wow. a 3-0 lead. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm glad that's over. Uh, glad Jimmy Butler didn't have to be held to the biggest <laughs> choke ever. I'd feel bad for him, but Steph can hold that. Instead, it's the Celtics. When you, win the, <laughs> when you come back from 3-0 to tie it at 3-3, and then you go home, and then you... I mean, it was a game until what? Like midway through the fourth, and then it was over. Yeah, and Tatum got banged up or whatever. Yeah, that's I mean, true. He did turn his ankle. He was humbly uh, <laughs> the best player in the world that night. But So if that was LeBron, would LeBron have, have finished or would LeBron? They would have postponed the game. <laughs> it's I think if true. LeBron would have rolled his ankle in the first quarter, they would have postponed it for another probably night. probably true. Adam yeah. Silver would have gone out and called everything off. Yeah, we've got a real barn burner of a finals here with America's favorite team, uh, the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of them, but they made their first finals uh, ever. So they're led by two-time MVP. And, yeah, we'll see how that series goes. I don't think it's going to be very competitive, but who knows? Maybe the Heat will... Keep shocking us. I was going to say, they're the eighth seed. They haven't been favored in any series. So yeah. I think Brett put in a huge parlay, had the Heat win in this year. So Playoff Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Big payday coming. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so NBA Finals starting. Uh, Cardinals are playing better baseball. The Royals, hey, the Royals almost no-hit the Cardinals. Hey, what that's yeah. worth. Yeah. And they lose. And then they, then they lost. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, very... No, they won that game, didn't they? I they, think won they won a game 7 0. Yeah, I think that was the game that they, yeah. Hey, hang it up in the rafters. Yeah. It's a banner. They should have just accomplished Yeah, they right should have just ended the year right yeah, there. Yeah, that was their highlight <laughs> of the season. <laughs> We're so. not going to compete anymore. Enjoy it, Royals fans. But I, so I think today maybe we'll talk more like philosophical, some sports debates, and less mm-hmm. like specific games going on. I know you had a few questions that you wanted us to banter about. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, Brett in here today who is a huge baseball fan, knows everything about the game. He's very smart with numbers and analytics too, and he's uh, dabbled in that realm for baseball and F1 too for any F1 fans out there. So we'll probably get into that talk a little bit. So Do we want to take a break or do we yeah, just we want to blow through the break? Take a little break. We'll take a break. Welcome back to the Battery Sports Podcast with John and Peyton and special guest Brett Hammett. Uh, Let's talk a little baseball. Peyton, you were... um, you were salivating over the NL Central standings. Over yeah, there. Uh, it's real impressive. Just, I think they should just have a bye to the World Series with how good the teams have been. But uh, we've had a little convo off air here. Brett was talking about the Cubs sitting in last place and Cardinals are having a dumpster fire year. And yet here we are uh, still in front of the Cubs. So. I don't know. How does that make you feel as a Cubs fan? <laughs> it's that pretty sad. Demoralizing? Isn't it? isn't it? Pretty sad. But uh, we have Mike Talkman starting in center field and Matt Mervis playing first base. Household names. And Jan Gomes you you behind just, the plate. You what? just extended Nico Horner, right? For it's true. Three years. Three, three well, years. yeah, they bought out. They bought out, they bought out all his arbitration years and maybe one year free agency. 
They've got a bunch of guys signed through 2026. Suzuki, Horner, Swan, uh, no, Swanson's for longer than yeah, that. Yeah, Suzuki, that was a good one. That'll pan out through after we'll they see. signed him after he had a good, like, 25 games. Yeah. Wait, it sounds wait, like wait, the, who? who who's the rookie last year that they just um, had brought in? For the Cubs, it started off the like crazy good season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. the JBL. Say this Suzuki. He had a great year at the start of his yeah, or not a great year, but a great first twenty five games, and people were comparing him to Mike Trout. Is that right. what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. That, I did not last. No. <laughs> yeah. that sounds that, like they know what they're doing up there. That did not last. Chicago. They did take two or three from the Rays. Right. He should have won today, but didn't. Yeah. But that's okay. Right. So yeah, you feel better about the Cardinals? Four and a half back. John Mosellock says we're not selling at the trading deadline. It, there's definitely hope. I mean, the division's so bad, and, like, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of wins to be had still this year. So what do you think, Brett? I don't know. We'll see about the outfield. It's just the outfield. What do you do? We have so many pieces and so many prospects that you got to start moving guys, but we haven't moved anybody. Yep. So <laughs> I have seen on Instagram and Twitter so many fans are just, bring back Walker. Bring back Walker up. Like, they want Walker back. How's he doing? I Football. don't know. I haven't really checked in on how he's doing, but I what I don't get is, like, did he just fall off a cliff, like, hitting-wise? Like, I know the hit streak and all that. I don't think the quality of contact was maybe what they yeah, were looking for. Or the power, I guess. He wasn't really hitting uh, homers. He's hitting two seventy four at AAA. Yeah, that's not bad. Two homers in 73 at-bats. That could 11 be 11 RBIs and OPS of 718. Yeah. He's also 21. That's like, true. Don't rush him. Yeah, no need you... to ruin his confidence already, but... Power numbers need to get up a little. So, but you're okay. So you're feeling good about the Cardinals. Um, the Diamondbacks are they the surprise of baseball right now? Uh, looks like it. Outside, I, mean, I mean, outside of the Rays, perhaps. Yeah. I guess thirty-two and twenty-three. It seems like they just they're seven and three in their last ten and just exploding. I guess I'm not sure what their secret sauce is, but. I don't think the race surprised anybody ever being good. But at 40 and 18. For, for a small market team, yeah. But I think, you know, anytime I see the Rays up in the standings, it, it's no surprise to me be, just because the way that they run their... Uh, Very run their, well run. Yeah. yeah. The Orioles being 14 over 500, that's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've, got they've a lot had of young a farm. Players. Yeah, yeah, they've had the best farm system, I'd say, for the last... You know, yeah. two six weeks. years. Yeah, <laughs> last six years. So I think with the Orioles, it's more just have been a like, when are they going to finally get good with their prospects that they have? I finally saw a video of Jackson Holiday hitting, and he's got a sweet swing. I think he will be good. I was a doubter at first, folks, but <laughs> think that pick's gonna pan out. Good thing Peyton saw that video. Now everything's okay yeah, for the, the Orioles. The fans. number one pick so, is gonna I'm be good. I'm glad that the one of one pick Peyton yeah. Hanna scout have validated that he's Matt Holiday's kid can yeah. confirm he's good. Guys, it, it isn't a fluke. He is good. Don't worry, they paid him they know how many millions. Yeah. They didn't want to look in first that he was good. Yeah, I think they disliked him. He's a good clubhouse guy. San Diego Padres are seven and a half out in the West. They're in fourth place. Yeah. What do we do with that? Uh, 
Well, I guess their games aren't being broadcast anymore, <laughs> so we forget them. They're going to be on MLB TV yeah. for free or whatever. Single, single uh, team subscriptions yeah. to MLB TV. Totally. How do we feel about that? <laughs> So you you got your all teams, but then uh, you have to pay for your single team <laughs> that does not include it in the all teams. Uh, that's a mess. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the world twenty twenty three. I just have never understood the local blackouts in the first place. Yeah. That's half the reason why you buy the subscription, but then you can't even yeah. watch watch your own team, the team yeah. you bought the service. Hundred percent. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It's growing the game. Looks like the. Padres' problem is their offense, which is surprising to me because they're absolutely loaded with talent, but they only have 223 runs scored this year, which is last in their division and towards the bottom in the entire MLB, which is crazy. So I'm not sure what the problem is there with their bats, but... Bob Melvin's fault. Yeah. Fire Bob. Yep. That's always the right right <laughs> always. Hey, it worked for the Phillies last year. Yeah. Maybe they should shoot. do it again. Yeah. Can they fire Joe Girardi yeah. again? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the yeah, the Phillies should do that. Bring Mac Joe on a one day contract and then just fire him. Uh yeah. I mean, because I think you look at when you look at the National League, teams like the Phillies, the Padres, the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are in a bad division so they can probably climb out of their hole but those are the i feel like the teams you look at that had big off seasons the mets maybe um but have really disappointed so far but peter lonzo for the mets has been an absolute stud this far and looks like acuna from the braves is probably going to win mvp one of those two guys so yeah the american league mvp race is a little muddy though there's not really a clear-cut person right Not now. Not Sonny Gray? No, I, I think I fell off from Well, that. I guess we we threw Otani out the door already. The yeah. top he's, five he's starter terrible. in the league. Brett is a Otani fan, super fan. He's I've, terrible. Yeah, he's okay. He hit uh, <laughs> he hit some monster home run today. He yeah. hit two. Trout hit a monster yeah. home run. It was the, home. I think I saw it was the first time in uh, – Angels history that they recorded two players with home runs over 460 feet and naturally wow. that uh, since StatCast started tracking in 2015 so and granted both of them are Mike Trout and Shohei Otani so I guess that sums up the Angels organization yeah. Yeah. perfectly it probably for lost. that's about all that exists yeah. there A's just had a great series they won a series against did the they? Braves how many yeah. wins did they have uh, they have 12 total wins. Not as many fans as they have. Yeah. <laughs> wins. yeah, well. Yeah, that's the real question. How many people came to their last home game? We uh, watched it. Peyton yeah, and I watched watch the it. last home game. They were making sure not to zoom night. out. They were not <laughs> a tight camera angle there on home plays. So. But, yeah, the, I don't know. A's are going to turn it around, win the division. No, I'm just kidding. Won't make that hot take, but. 6,429. All right. Oh, all right. Good turnout. Huh? <laughs> Here we go. It's like a Saturday night at Hammond's Field. What do we think about Jordan Alvarez for possible AL MVP? I mean, I think it's been, what, the last three years he's been in contention for it? He is a freak athlete. He just absolutely crushes I don't know if ball. I'd consider him a freak athlete more than just a really hitter. good hitter. Yeah. I mean, I'm, he can run fast, jump high, yeah, quick, yeah, You can agile. see that the 40-40 the, the, the designated hitter, 
freak athlete. Freak athlete. Big Poppy's a freak athlete. Yeah. He was too. I mean, but yeah, Astros heating up after a slow start. They're sitting there at 32 and 22 with a seven and three record in their last ten. The defending champs are looking hot. So watch out. Then the maybe the biggest surprise of the season has been the Rangers. 35 and 20. Bruce Bochy. Unreal. I love Corey Seager. They spent how much? Oh, I think almost over half a billion dollars (laughs) on players. So I think that if they didn't have any turnout, it would be more of a surprise. Is DeGrom healthy? I think he's on his way back, isn't he? Oh, so he's never even played yet? No, he's played, but he's, you know. DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom going to DeGrom. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he's rehabbing right now. So. Ah, okay. Hey, that's another thing that's gonna make him pretty scary here in a little bit. So. All right. So coming up next, we'll talk some philosophical baseball questions. Welcome back to the Battery Sports Podcast with John and Peyton and special guest Brett Hammett, former college baseball player, analytical guru. Brett, a big analytics guy, and this is something we've been wanting to, to kind of get into a little bit, is how analytics have changed sports, not just baseball, but basketball, basketball football. You're a big F1 guy. I think you can probably go into that too, but... For you as a college baseball player, how did you use analytics to like make yourself better? Yeah, I think um, it's a really hot topic because everyone's pretty divided on, you know, it, it's more of optimizing things and people just think that there's, there's certain things that come with analytics and decision making that people don't really agree with or it changes the game in ways that they don't like. So for me, at least with baseball, I always just wanted to see how I could use the numbers to make myself perform better and you know whether it's from a strategy standpoint or anything that comes in with that. So, you know, I think it depends with college baseball it depended really on where you were at, you know, some places they had full teams that um of analytics personnel that would track everything but some now some places aka power five right <laughs> yeah exactly but you'd be surprised though you'd really? be surprised because in nebraska my first year there we didn't have a single bit of analytics really? or anything related to that and you know you just assume sure the places have the means to that yeah but then you know it's not always the same way as reflected on your player development so depends on your coach, I guess, how much right. they're going to embrace that. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you have somebody that's not really too invested in like meaning that that's going to make you a better baseball team, then they're not going to look into it at all. Yeah. What analytical statistics did you look at for yourself to know if you were on the right path? Were there certain like things you would go to? Well, there's certain measures. So throughout my career, I just made it a point of um, emphasis. I got me and my brother, Brock, we got into early on just looking into hitting as a whole and why are we not good? Like, what's, what are, exactly? <laughs> that's, that's the best point of it, is, you know, we're sitting there and I, at the time I I've was, asked myself that question a lot of times. Exactly. But, you know, I was 14 and Brock was in college, a freshman in junior college, and we're like, well, 
why do we suck? And you know, what what do what do guys do differently than us that makes us so bad yeah. at what we try to do so good at? And you know, it led us down the rabbit hole of anywhere from swing mechanics to uh, you know just strategy. You know, you read these books, you know, the science of hitting by Ted Williams, and he talks about in his book. There's just nuggets of, you know. If you look at baseball the way it's been played, how many possible infielders or people are there to feel the ball in the infield? There's six people that are possible that are able to feel the ball. And then in the outfield, how many people are there possible to feel the ball in the outfield? There's three. So what's bigger, the infield or the outfield? Yep. Yeah. So good point. Why, why, why do people push hitting ground balls and putting it in play to, you know, create offense so and really that is that was i don't know almost 10 years ago that he started looking into that and you can see the course of the game has changed quite a bit yeah totally with shift rules you know everything i think they followed your suit <laughs> right yeah that. well people start, it, boys. Brett, Brett, Brett and brock really were like <laughs> starting off really early in this field they were <laughs> It was early. It was very early on before uh, people even started mentioning launch angle or mentioning any yeah. of these things, and was more of just, uh, how about we just hit the ball in the air because it creates better outcomes. Because ultimately, especially the way that the game of baseball is now, it's what is the best way? Pitching has gotten so good that a single, the expected value of a single is, you know, you're probably not going to score. You need at least, at least three singles to yep. score one run yep. versus one good swing with a ball that's hit hard in the air can produce an automatic run. Yeah. So runs are a premium with how good pitching is today. And that's just a whole nother thing of how much further pitching has progressed ahead of batters yeah. just in the span of the last eight years. Totally. Well, why do you think there's been such a pushback from like, Old timey, old yeah, <laughs> old timey baseball people who don't want to see home runs and strikeouts. They want balls in play, and they just push back against analytics and baseball. Oh, I think that it just is a completely different realm for them. And you know, to to think that it's a changing the way that the game is played that they're not used to, yeah. and it's nothing new. There's always been changes in the way that the game's played, and it's literally cycles of yeah. just the way that... Ted Williams, like you said, literally was using analytics in a way back in the right, 40s, Right, just a different 50s, thought so. process. But, yeah. it, you know, you go through eras where... Dead ball era, where nobody hit home runs. You go through then <laughs> peak steroid era, where there was more home <laughs> runs of ever being hit even now. Yeah. So... So, obviously, like, you were in this field early on. Did you personally have to deal with, like, blowback and people, like, saying you're wrong, like, don't do this, don't do that? And how would you kind of, like, be respectful about craft? Yeah, navigate your own path and game. Well, you know, to be honest, because there was a – it was like a, oh, you try to do this and you try to do that, so you think you know everything. So at a certain point, you really wanted to just keep yourself on the down low and, you know, essentially 
at least for me, if anybody ever asked me about it, I'd just say, oh, I'm just trying to play the game hard yeah. <laughs> and not ever read not into it. Yeah. Stir things and so up. exactly, because you don't want to get labeled as the guy that thinks that he knows everything. That's true. Yeah. But in reality, you know, you fast forward. <laughs> I now. do know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. right. No, peasants. no, I'm joking. But, Every, everyone everyone uses it, so it's not as much as a big deal yeah. because how many guys that we've seen in the major leagues go out to driveline baseball and are training there now and using it to their advantage? Yeah. And this isn't new. This has been things that have gone on. Golf has been doing this for the last 30 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This and, That's something interesting, too, that like talking about old-timey players ver- like now versus then. Like when you turn on MLB Network and they're doing like one of their lessons, you know, with like the commentators on there, they'll have A-Rod or Pete Rose and Albert, I think even, they bring them on, they're like knob to the pitcher, like down to the ball, like this and that, which, what's the term you call that? It's Fuel versus yeah, real. Yeah, fuel versus real. So but it's then, what's actually happening in a swing versus what a player would think or a cue or something that they might think is what they feel. Yeah. But could work for some people in getting the right thing, but what's actually happening versus what they think. Because if you tell a kid that takes it the wrong way to swing down and that the ball will go up and he just ends up hitting ground balls <laughs> yeah. and will never make Beating it. it in the second Right, base, and yeah. he won't ever make his high school baseball team. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly where, you know, I was never labeled as a, a great hitter growing up as a, as a kid. But, you know, I think that it just kind of as you adjust your approach and you adjust things, you can really get the most out of uh, your own abilities. Yeah, there's definitely evolution in everything. I, th- I really liked what you said about the old-timey piece. You yeah. brought up that, and you said that it's just different. Like, I think of, like, my parents who grew up watching, like, the Cardinals when it was Whitey Herzog, and it was all about ground balls and speed, and they're playing on AstroTurf. Yeah. And as you see the the game evolve to what it is today, it's like, yeah, it's a completely different product. And mm-hmm. some people are like, I really liked what I was watching yeah, 40 years ago. Nostalgia. I don't wanna... Yeah, it's, yeah totally. It's and they like... adjusted. And the meta, the meta changes because now you see they've made rules to adjust it. Yep. And, you know, we're going to see the impact of those. But... I, I'm personally, if people hate the new, some of the new rules. Yeah. I like the shift rules. I think that that's a pretty helpful thing because I think it's cool to see guys make like crazy good plays. And sure, I'm a little biased because of a hitter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever they're putting guys exactly, you know, where yeah. you hit it yeah. to. It's not good. It's not a good product. Yeah. And Nobody if, wants to see less hits. Yeah. They want if, more action. But then you what? get the, the pushback on the guys that say, oh, well, just hit it the other way. <laughs> it's like, it's not easy. It's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you know, it's it's just not that easy. Yeah, just like pulling up the to an intersection, yeah. you either go left or right. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's you get thing. to yeah. choose which way. I'll yeah. tell you, I, yeah. you don't get to choose which way the ball goes. So you talked about the rule changes a little bit there. What what do you think about the pitch clock this year? I know you've talked about it. I think a the bit. pitch clock is a is a good idea because mm-hmm. we've seen in the you know this year games are going by quick. And just watching a game is just so much different, the yeah. experience. You don't have that, like, lull in between pitches where you look at your phone or yeah. do this and that, and games are going by actually at a crazy rate. Like, I remember back in high school, 
I used to turn on MLB TV, and I could always count on, you know, midnight, there's a Dodger baseball game on. I I turn on the TV to look, and it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. There's nothing. Every game's uh-huh. over. There's yeah. no, no midnight baseball yeah. anymore. I've definitely noticed, like, you have way less time to look away from the screen. Like, if you turn your head for a second, there's something that just happened. You just missed it, which is fine, but it takes a second to adjust to, but... I think is a is a good thing though, it, yeah, at yeah. least for a viewer's experience and yeah. for overall. I think it's a really good thing to speed things up in a way. But I think you know we'll see as this whole season goes out. They'll have enough data to really fine tune it. Yeah. Maybe they add a few more seconds on or adjust you know the exact terms of what it means to be ready. Yeah. Because I saw there was a clip the other day. Uh, I forget exactly what hitter it was. He got a strike called on him. The pitcher wasn't even on the mound. He wasn't even on the rubber yet. Yeah, and the pitch yep. clock expired, yep. but he get, the batter gets a strike, and the pitcher's not even on the rubber. I saw Cody Bellinger in his return to L.A. He got a strike called on yeah. him for acknowledging the fan base. Exactly. It's like, yeah. come on. It's just a, you don't want to, you got to figure out those rules. It's got to be where, a little common sense Right, there. where there's yeah. a mix between you got to allow baseball to be baseball yeah. because that's one of the best things about baseball there's no clock there's no you know you can't stall out <laughs> that's the, the argument there's no clock in baseball right. it's you timeless you can't stall out yeah. the time and yeah. you know it's one of those things you can't just play exactly a certain game that just where we can run out the clock and the time is the time it's just you know so i'll admit i've been old school through this a little bit more i was kind of against the dh coming to the national league I was a little. It was against pitch clock. You want to watch hitters hit one forty? Yeah, for full year. Uh, bring for, back Bartolo Colon, right? For the on. one moment in how many years? You know, I yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. I like some of the strategy that got involved with when you're going to pull your pitcher because you got to pinch hit for him. Some of that stuff. The pitch clock. I I, I don't really mind the designated hitter rule anymore. Um, I don't. I don't think about it. Pitch clock I do like now because all the time that you're – all the time they're saving, wasn't there wasn't anything productive going on. It was the batter with his little, you know, headless routine of he's got to put his batting glove on seven times yeah, and, you know, the pitcher has got to do this. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some strategy with, like, the pitcher going to hold on a runner and – gonna wait all that kind of stuff but um i think it's been really good for the for the sport yeah i think in a way though as a as a hitter you you kind of need those few seconds though with there's got to be where you can have the time though because sometimes whenever a guy throws a pitch and you watch it and you literally have no idea how the baseball did that, <laughs> you need a second to literally just be like, what was that? <laughs> and then before you can like mentally reset. To what is it, eight game. seconds right now? Is that I, what they give them? I don't know what it is. It's, in it's less than too 10. Fast. It's, I think it's, it's fast, a little too but, fast for you the know, Sometimes you do need – and it's not to say every guy needs every – after yeah. each pitch they need 30 seconds yeah. to step out and, like, go walk back over to the dugout. But I think as a hitter you need at least a few seconds to where you can just take a step out of the box and reset before in between the next. Because I think it goes down to the point is I think that baseball is at its best whenever it's the pitcher's best versus the hitter's best. And that's what you pay to see. Yeah. You pay to see the very best of the pitcher versus the very best of the hitter. And whenever a hitter feels rushed, 
that's not their best performance that they could get. They're just it's yeah. they're not prepared. Yeah, that's a good point. And pitching already has the upper hand so much too that I don't know. And what might look like wasted time to the audience, to the batter, it's like, no, no, no. I need every second of that to get my my thoughts together so I'm prepared to step back in. Going back to analytics and your college experience, do you think that analytics and, like, putting up numbers now for, like, a high school recruit is, like, probably the most important thing to train for is, like, hitting an exit velo that's – triple digits or like throwing like upper 90s or whatever do you think that's more important than like performance nowadays as far as you know getting getting opportunities for opportunities definitely i mean as long as your your tools are always it's always been off of what they like scouting it at the end of the day it's always been as oh yeah he looks like he can hit the ball hard but now you can for sure quantify that to to say okay he does hit the ball hard (laughs) yeah and it's you know there's numbers that say there's direct correlation the Mm -hmm. harder you hit the ball the better your outcomes are going to be more times than not like from whether it's batting averages on balls hit over a hundred plus ridiculously high so the harder you can hit a ball, the better your outcomes are going to be. And it's not to guarantee that you're going to be good at baseball because there's still other parts to it, like hitting the ball yeah. <laughs> that comes with it that is also hard. But I'd say as a base of uh, you know recruiting kids, that's a good uh, measure to go off of to try and predict success. It yeah. definitely is a player. It gets your foot in the door. It's going to get you opportunity. Sure, it's not going to get you everything ever. You're not guaranteed to be a good baseball player by hitting those numbers. But as far as getting yourself opportunity, I don't think that there's a single Power 5 school that will take a kid that throws 78 but spots up on the chalk. (laughs) Yeah, You know, you don't see those guys rolling around in in college baseball too much anymore. You come to the realize the game has changed whenever – you go to uh, University of New Orleans, and the Sunday night starter is throwing 96 with three pitches. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, Brett, you've had some experience in college baseball, like going to JUCO, like going D1 to JUCO, back to D1. Do you, What's your feelings on, like, the new transfer portal, portal rules and that kind of stuff? That's I changed. think that it, it's been ridiculous that it hasn't been around for more than <laughs> the last two years because there's people that throw a fit. Oh, you know, you just leave. Well, if you don't like your job, you can <laughs> quit that and go somewhere else. Why are we limited to like, yeah. where you can go play? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not appreciated and valued, yeah. why make it where you can only stay at a school that you're not going to play at? Yeah. So. I think that it's just only beneficial. And, you know, not only that, but it helps everyone. You've seen the rise of uh, mid-major, like, talent in across all sports since this, yeah. the portal opened where you've got these mid-major teams that are performing X amount of better because they're actually being able to take talent from other schools and kids aren't having to sit out a year. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The sit out a year thing if you transfer. Right, so then you were limiting baseball players. Well, if you're not going to go to another D1 you and sit out a year, your only other options go to JUCO. Yep. And that's and where you see loaded JUCO teams. Like, to your point, sports are the only area where you see that. If you're a really good piano player and you go to some, 
college to play yeah. piano and it sucks, you can go to another school and play. You know, right. like, Nobody cares. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's not governed by the NCAA. It's yeah. not a big deal. Because but why has it been sport. a big deal since only now? Because we like following teams yeah. where we see the player go <laughs> from freshman loyal. to sophomore. He's got to be loyal. <laughs> you know? If the coach wants to leave, that's fine. <laughs> he can go to whatever school he wants. You know, as long as he wants a pay raise, that's fine. But hey, player wants to go somewhere better? Nope, not allowed. Yeah, I think you should say how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, don't I, hide your opinion. I totally yeah. agree. I think the like the players honestly were getting screwed over for so long by the NCAA. So I'm glad that things are finally changing for the better. So that's good. As we mentioned, Brett, you're a big F1 fan. You've even got me like diving into it a little bit as a casual. How did the F1 observer. start? That's what I want. Yeah, to know. is it I the Netflix for, show? Yeah, I'd say for most people, yeah. I watched the Netflix show, and then you know there was other things that you could watch, like the Cinna documentary that was on Netflix for a while, and you just uh, I don't know. I think. I'm not sure why everyone else loves it so much. They like following the people, which is originally, you know, the show. They yeah. give you the people, the stars, there's money, there's all fame. these... Yeah, fame. Well, that's true. Rock and roll. I don't yeah. think, you know, if it... <laughs> rock and roll. Whenever you realize, like, uh, you know, people are like, well, I, I don't get why you like it so much and this and that. And you, uh, you say, well, Lewis Hamilton has millions more followers than LeBron James on Twitter. <laughs> and people don't realize, like, yeah. these sports stars are exponentially larger than yeah. our American ones we have over here. Wow. Like, I didn't know that. Doesn't compare to NASCAR, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, because that was my thing, Turn you know. I never, I never think I'd, I'd like it because I always associate racing with NASCAR in America. It's like yeah. just a left turn and the race is like 400 laps. Yep. And, Yep. You know, who cares? It's just four hours on a Sunday afternoon. Right. right. So Netflix kind of got you started into it, but that was maybe the gateway. But I, I hijacked your conversation here, Peyton. You were going to ask oh. about analytics, and I just jumped in. I was just was asking what, what... Oh, yeah, yeah. So and... obviously, okay, so Brett's a data scientist, and he's really good at what? Tell, tell uh, Explain well, it a little more. I know you I, can make really good visualizations and put numbers like on display where they make sense and you can explain different things using well, it. Well, it's so. just like like anything. You you have with with Formula 1, if you want to use analytics in that, it's it's binary. It's cars yeah. like it's it, not it's go faster. X, X and Y. Does this make it go faster? Does yeah. it, they need the numbers. So, it's just like anything that's optimizing performance. So, but we we always associate analytics as a negative with trying to get it with human beings versus a car but it's like whenever you want a car to perform better it's like okay that's fine like of course you want the car to do better (laughs) then you'll do better but then as soon as like a player does it and starts doing something different than what the social norm has been in that game all of a sudden you know the world burns i guess because well i mean yeah i guess because cars what they go fast like that's what you expect but Mm -hmm. maybe when you watch a baseball game you don't expect yeah, you don't. Well, you don't. Out. It's just a yeah. You don't expect, you expect the, the, the change of something. Yeah. You don't expect a guy to swing and miss more, but as for a trade off of more home runs. Yeah. So, but that's just the thing with uh, F one. There's always going to be analytics. There's 
over, I think, in a given weekend of Formula One, there's over a billion data points that come through between all the teams. Yeah. So, and, like, talking about, like, the tires and stuff, can you explain that strategy? Oh, well, I was, that's kind of what I was getting into more that uh, – so everybody want, likes it. You know, you ask a normal F1 fan what they like about it. It's they like the fame. They like the drivers, which – I don't know if LeBron has more followers than Lewis Hamilton on or Twitter or not, but I know that Lewis Hamilton has way more than Mike Trout yeah. by a ton. Oh, yeah. So that's just the thing is they like it for those reasons, and that's kind of you know what drew people in the like largest fan base because they're trying to really reach out to America, and there's more fans in America that are slowly they're adding more races. There's two more races than whenever I first started watching F1 in America than whenever used to only be one, Austin, Texas. Now they've added Miami. Now they've added Las Vegas. So they're really tapping into it. They've and I think caught people like me, too. Like, I'm not a car guy. I'm not a, like, never was a fan of F1. Didn't know anything about it. But like Brett's saying, like, the personalities are pretty uh, charismatic and, like, they do a good job of advertising the drivers themselves. It's the biggest... Uh, which I don't think baseball does as Since good. F1 got uh, reacquired by a different group, uh, they spent the, they've had the highest budget on marketing and social media of any sport by, like, I think 100 times. So, wow. yeah, if you look into that, yeah. that's pretty, pretty crazy, but it's definitely paid off. Yeah, it's them. a targeted approach. Right, exactly. So They're not just throwing money at the wind and saying, let's yeah. hope this works. Yeah, yeah. they golf. know what they're <laughs> <doing>. So, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But, but, yeah, so there's people that like it for those reasons, yeah. but, you know, I start watching and I see everything with the way that I see things, the, everything that's going on behind the scenes. I like the strategy. I like... That there's so many things going on in the background that you don't even realize. There's hundreds of people looking at numbers throughout, like how they can differentiate strategies to be different than another team, and how they use those to like try and predict what different outcomes are going to be. And that's really what gets me. It's like a combination of, you know, strategy, performance, game theory. It's like uh, I don't know. It's a it's a nerd's dream, because baseball, sure, you get the numbers and you get the things, but like with this, it's like all these strategies are made in like real time decisions, yeah. like that they can track the outcomes throughout. And Not sure, some you can grown man pull. in a dugout in a baseball yeah. uniform, right? <laughs> well, there's less. There's obviously athleticism isn't a factor like in other sports. It's more of like your brain and your skill. Right. It's more strategy definitely plays a larger part into that than it does in baseball, but it's also reasons they're very different sports, Mm -hmm. but there's always going to be something to love about every other sport and why you might like one different than another. But that's how I see Formula One and why I love it is there's just so many layers to it that you can really pull from and just appreciate all that. So, yeah. you know, and the cars don't just go in a circle. They go, <laughs> they have more than one different turn. Well, I think it's been a good episode. I hope you guys have learned something about F1 and uh, numbers and stuff. So, Brett, thanks for uh, joining us today. That was cool. Yeah. You have a good time. I, sorry we didn't have a headset <laughs> for you to record on an iPhone. That's all right. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. I 
glad I got to answer some questions. If there's anything else you guys ever want to ask or have me on for, I got more more stuff. There's more stuff like, in the tank, there's, there's folks. Infinite, infinite, <laughs> infinite. He knows all. Just I, ask. I have a feeling Baseball. this won't be the last time. Yeah, I don't. He'll be back. He'll be back. But uh, in the meantime, he's going to be working on his golf game. So that's his next step here. Breaking eighty. Yeah, breaking eighty. Road to breaking eighty. So. <laughs> So that'll do it. Thanks for joining us. And, yeah, if you want to rate and review, we'll read your review. Thanks to Jack Sanders (laughs) for the awesome uh, write-up. And, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, guys.